a new series on faith, results of believing God. Results of believing God as we are walking by faith. We've titled today's message this morning, Be Strong and Courageous. Would you turn to your neighbor and tell them, Be Strong and Courageous. We need to be strong and courageous in our walk with the Lord. If we are to live a walk, if we are to have a walk, that it's going to be a walk that is lived in victory and not in defeat. And the results of believing God are a victorious Christian life. A victorious Christian life. What is a victorious Christian life? You would ask yourself, it's a life that is overcoming fear. It's a life that is overcoming discouragement. It's a life that is overcoming sin and compromise. You see, the reason why a lot of people today and Christians in the church are not able to live a victorious Christian life is because we haven't overcome sin, compromise in our lives, or discouragement and fear. And we see in the book of Joshua, whose name means salvation. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Joshua, his name means salvation. Same as Jesus, salvation. His, his name comes from the Hebrew now name, Yeshua. And that is the type of Christ, or the type of salvation now, in the Old Testament, of one that takes them from the wilderness into the promised land. And the people here, the nation of Israel, as we see in Joshua chapter 1, they had gone from wandering in the wilderness, from a season of dryness, in the middle of it all seeing the providence of God's hand in their lives, to now entering the promised land by faith. You know how you enter into the promises of God? By faith. By stepping out from one place into the other by faith. And the promised land here in Joshua chapter 1 was the land of Canaan. Do you know that the promised land is a picture of two things? The promised land, even the victorious Christian life, is a picture of number one, victory, and it's a picture of number two, rest. Did you remember that this morning, that the promised land in your life looks like victory and looks like rest? Do you see any victory in your life right now? Victory over the things that you've been struggling before? Victory over doubt in your mind, victory over discouragement or opposition, victory over the things that the world wants to tell you, but also rest now from the battles that are coming into your life from the outside. Because the promised land is all about victory and it's all about rest that can be enjoyed by every believer. You see, the question this morning is, are you enjoying the blessings in the promised land? Are you enjoying a life of victory? Because too often we're living in spiritual defeat instead of spiritual victory. I want you to ask yourself this morning, did I come in living a life of spiritual defeat this morning? Am I over, being overcome by the flesh consistently? Am I still in bondage to those things that God delivered me from in Egypt? <laughs> Egypt is a symbol of the world. And we are not to take those sins or that which had us in bondage and try to take that into the promised land. You see, the reason why a lot of people never make it to the fullness and never experience the fullness of what God has for them is because they live their entire life in bondage. Are you living in bondage today? Is something that God wanted to set you free from? It was the steps of faith here in chapter 1 of Joshua. And it was the obedience that you see in Joshua that led the people to experience the fullness of what God had for them. And he says, be strong and be courageous. You see, these two things are important in our lives because you may have strength today, but do you have courage to continue? You may have strength today, but do you have courage to obey what God wants you to obey? Yes, you may have strength, but do you have courage to take steps of faith? Did you know it takes courage to continue in your walk with the Lord? It takes courage to obey what God has said. It takes courage to take steps of faith where God wants you to be. And today we're going to look at three major things as we go to Joshua. And number one is the calling or the commission 
Number two, the command. And number three, the commitment. If you want to live a victorious Christian life, and live a life that is strong and courageous, you must recognize, one, the calling. You must recognize, two, the command. And you must recognize, number three, that it requires commitment in your life. The calling, the command, and the commitment. Joshua 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. That it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying. Now underline in your Bible, it says the Lord spoke to Joshua. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all these people, to the land which I'm giving you to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I have said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong. And of good courage for this people, you shall divide an inheritance to the land which I swore to your fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn it to the right or to the left, that you may be able to prosper wherever you go. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. Because you have given us this calling or this commission to obey you. That we would step out in faith and into the promises that you have for us. I pray, Lord, that we would not try to live a victorious Christian life still in bondage to sin and to compromise. That we would not try to continue living a life of faith in bondage to fear, that we would choose faith over fear, obedience over compromise, so that we can experience the fullness of what you have for us in your will. And it is in Jesus' name we pray, and together we said, Amen. Amen. Notice in verse 1, that it was after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. It gives us a very specific time, as, at just the right time, of, as God's perfect timing. After the death of Moses, now Moses had now told the people that Joshua would take him into the promised land. Moses was a symbol of the law. God gave him the Ten Commandments. Notice this, the law cannot take you into the promised land. It's the grace of God, it's Yeshua, it's Jesus that leads you into the fullness of God. It is not religion, it is not command, it is not the law that takes you into where God wants you. It's a relationship with the grace of God and His name is Jesus. <laughs> now after the death of Moses, notice what happens at just the right time. The Lord said to Joshua. The Lord was speaking to Joshua now, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. And Joshua here was being trained up as the Lord spoke to him. And even before then, he was being trained up. He was being raised to discern the voice of God. Now you notice here in Joshua that he knew how to recognize the voice of God. <laughs> I want to ask you today, do you know how to recognize the voice of God when God's calling you? When God's speaking to you, do you know how to discern that this is God and this is not God? <laughs> I know when God is leading me this direction and I know that this other direction is not the Lord. You see, Joshua had an ear to hear the voice of God. A lot of times the reason why we become so discouraged, so disillusioned, and so frustrated is because we do not have an ear to hear the voice of God. Do you have an ear to hear the voice of God that you can discern this is God? Now in number or in Exodus chapter 33, we see here how Moses would go into the tabernacle and God's presence would overshadow that tabernacle and there he would meet Moses with God face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And after Moses would leave the tabernacle, Exodus chapter 33 verse 11 says this, So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend and he would return to the camp. 
But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. You know why Joshua knew how to hear the voice of God? Because he was standing outside of the tabernacle and he did not leave the presence of God. He remained there. And if you want to hear the voice of God, you ought to be faithful to the tabernacle. You ought to be faithful to the presence of God. And in fact, Joshua remained there. You want to hear the voice of God? Remain in the presence of God. God will speak to those that remain in His presence waiting on Him. This is what made Joshua usable. This is what made him a good assistant. That he stayed at the presence of God. You want to be used by God? How much time do you spend in His presence? Joshua was being raised up as an assistant waiting at the tabernacle hearing the voice of God. He knew what it was like to hear the voice of God. And here now God was ready to give Joshua a word of encouragement at the right moment and at the right time. And maybe today you came and this is your moment and this is your time to receive that word of encouragement. God wants to give it to you here in verse 2. And he's going to promise him something in this word of encouragement. And he's going to promise, number one, I'm going to promise his care. He promises God's care upon Joshua. He promises God's protection over Joshua. And he also promises his own presence to go with Joshua. What an encouragement that we find here in verse 2. That God's going to give us his care. God's going to provide his protection. And God's also going to provide his presence. We have to go to the Lord in his presence and say, Lord, if you're leading me this direction, I want your care. I want your protection. And I want your presence to go with me. Because if your presence doesn't go, then I'm going to stay. <laughs> right? If your presence doesn't go, then I'll stay here. And we want to be led by the presence of God. Now notice verse 2, what happens. And it says, Moses, my servant, is dead. This is the Lord speaking to him. Now, therefore, arise, go. Do you see this call to action now that Joshua receives? All right, it's time, Joshua, for you to take a step of faith. Arise and go. This is the goal to Christian living. To arise and to go where? To go deeper. <laughs> to arise and to do what? To take steps closer to the Lord. Arise and go where? Arise and go into the promised land. Don't live your entire life in the wilderness. Do you know that a lot of Christians live their entire life in the wilderness? And they settle there instead of crossing the Jordan and taking steps deeper into what God has for them? And therefore never experience the richness of the promises of God that are available to us. Because we choose to stay in the wilderness. We choose to stay in a place where we complain. <laughs> we choose to stay in a place where we're ungrateful. We choose to stay in a place where we're still uh, uh, in bondage, where we're still looking back. No, the Lord spoke to Joshua and said, it's time for you to take them and go over the Jordan. Now notice here in verse 2, arise, go over the Jordan, you and all these people to the land that I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Go over the Jordan, cross over the Jordan, cross it. Lead these people to all that I'm giving them, and this is the promised land. Are you ready to cross the Jordan? To maybe go out? To step out so that you can step in to God's promises in your life? And maybe right now God's calling you and He's speaking to you, to your heart and to your mind, what you need to step out of so that you can step into what God has for you. And God's saying, you know what, I need you to step out of that that's holding you back so that you can step into everything that I have for you. Ask yourself, what do I need to step out of so that I can step into what God has for me? You see here that God is calling them to take a step of faith out, but also step in to obedience. Every step of faith that you take out is a step of faith into obedience to inherit the promises of God. Now we remember that Joshua was one of the ten spies that had gone to the promised land. It was Joshua, Caleb, and eight others. And they went and they spied out the promised land, the land of Canaan. And they came back and gave report as to what they had seen in the land of Canaan. And you notice that eight of those spies came back and told Moses and the rest of the nation of Israel, there's giants out in Canaan, 
There is no way that we can inherit the promises of God. There's no way that we can take over that land. It is too great for us. There's giants out there. But it was Joshua and Caleb that said, no, God is with us. And if he is with us, then he's not going to forsake us. There is no reason to fear. We can go forward and take a hold of what God has for us. The Lord said, because the eight of you discouraged the rest of the people from taking what God has called you to do. None of you will inherit and experience the promised land yourself. Here now Joshua is being reminded it is time to lead the people. And notice that in verse 3 what happens here is that this promise is a reminder of former promises. Don't you love it when the Lord confirms to you one thing and then he confirms it again? <laughs> Or that he promises one thing and then he promises that same thing again. That the promises are not rescinded from God. That he doesn't take them back. In fact, he reminds you what he's already told you now. And he keeps his promises. You know what the book of Joshua reminds us of? That God is always faithful. God's always faithful. And because of that, you can be strong and courageous. Now notice in verse 3 what happens. Every place. Go out, cross the Jordan, leave the wilderness, and every place, verse 3, that the sole of your foot will tread upon. Every step that you take, notice, this is what he says, upon, I have given you as I have said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as, I want you to expand your territory of what I have given you. As far as the great river, the river of Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites into the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Now this is amazing here in verse 3 because what the Lord is telling Joshua, he's saying every place where you take a step of faith, it's going to be a step of victory <laughs> because you're obeying me. Every place where you step your foot, that's where I'm going to give you now. It's going to be followed by victory. And I'm telling you just like I told Moses. In fact, from the north to the south, to the east and to the west, as far as every border, it's going to be your possession. And you will see your territory expanded now as I've called you out. Now notice this from verse 3 and 4. That steps of faith had to be taken in order to gain the possession that God had for them. See, for us, oftentimes, we want to see the Lord reveal His promises in our lives. And He calls us to step out. <laughs> and we say, Lord, if you're willing to part the Red Sea, then I'll step out. Or the Jordan River, and I'll step out. And what did you see later on in the book of Joshua? That, that the Lord tells Joshua, no, you need to step into the Jordan. Get your feet wet, and then I'll part the Jordan River for you to go in and take of the promises that I have for you. What are they faced with in that promise on? Is it, is it all a life of just victory or is a life filled with battles and victories? It was a life where they had to fight that many battles. It was a fight that they had to continue to go on and fight the, the enemies of the flesh and the enemies that would go in and want to rob you of the promises of God. But they had to overcome anything that would try to take away the promises of God. Any determined opposition so that they can inherit what God had for them. And he says every place where you step out is going to be followed by victory. He's listening to the voice of God. And in verse 5 it says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. What is he promising here? His protection. God's going to protect you, Joshua. God's going to protect you, church. You might be scared because God's called you to take this next step of faith. Maybe it's a step of faith when it comes to your job. It's a step of faith when it comes to you obeying the Lord and, and, and moving forward to what He's called you to do. But what does it say? I'm going to be with you all the days of your life. I'm going to give you my protection. He goes on and He says this in verse 5. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. You see, when you hear those words and you read those words and you apply them to your life, this should be enough for any man and woman seeking the will of God. 
Oftentimes we ask ourselves, well, if I take this step of faith, who's going to take it with me? (laughs) Or if I take this step of faith, others are going to be upset with me. Or if I take this step of faith, are my friends going to agree with me? But when the Lord said, I've called you to do something, and I want you to do that which I have called you to do, and I'm going to be with you all the days of your life, and you're going to see victory if you obey me, not only that, I will be with you, I will not leave you nor forsake you. Is that enough for you? Or do you need the approval of anyone else? Oftentimes we say, is anyone else coming? (laughs) Will anyone else be there? Who's going to be there? (laughs) But when God says it's going to be me and you, is that enough for you? Is that enough for you? You see, oftentimes we're not able to experience and see everything that we have for us because we're relying on everyone else's presence instead of God's presence. And here he's saying, I'm going to be with you all the days of your life, and I want you to rely on one thing, on my presence. I think it's so sad today in the time that we're living in, is that we rely on too many things except the presence of God. We rely on logic. We rely on resources. We rely on manpower instead of God's power. And because of that, we're not able to see the hand of God in our life. He's giving them this encouragement. My presence is going to be with you. This is God's plan. And if this is God's plan then... (laughs) We can be sure that we have the promise that He's going to be with us and not only care for us, protect us now, but His presence is going to go with us. In Hebrews chapter 11, we see that the apostle tells the church, let your conduct be without covetousness. Don't be greedy for the things that you have or you don't have. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with the things you have, for He Himself has said, I will not leave you nor forsake you. This is a promise that you have in verse 5. God's not going to leave you nor forsake you. If you obey Him, His presence will go with you. So we may boldly say, after having received this word, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Are you confident today? Are you living in confidence? I'm going to tell you this. You can't be living in confidence if you're living in disobedience. And a lot of people live their life in disobedience. They allow sin in their life, sin in the camp, compromise in the camp. And you know what they experience? You know what they experience? They don't experience confidence in the Lord. They experience discouragement and spiritual defeat their entire life. Because they haven't given their entire life to the Lord. They haven't surrendered. You know what the Lord is telling Joshua here? Is trust me and surrender. Trust me. Don't allow compromise in your life. Trust me, Joshua. I'm going with you. And here you see an encouragement in verse 6 that is going to be repeated to him three times. And look at this encouragement that's going to come that that we need today, that the church needs today. In verse 6, be strong and of good courage for this people you shall divide an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give to them. This is the first time he says be strong and courageous. He's going to repeat this to them three times in chapter 1. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and be bold. Be confident. Be fearless so that you can obey. We need to be strong and courageous today, church. So that we don't fold under the pressure of the world. Then we don't get pushed around with the political climate that's taking place right now in our world, and we start to now surrender now to the plans that this world has. (laughs) The church needs to be more bold and more strong than it ever has if it is to have courage to continue. You know why a lot of churches die? Because there's no strength and courage in the Word of God. It's founded on man. And then, guess what? Those ministries die. People backslide. You don't no longer see strong Christians as you once did because they stopped being strong and courageous. In the strength and the courage, the boldness that we need is the boldness that you get from the Word of God. It's not a boldness that you can receive anywhere else. If there was ever a time that you needed boldness and courage to obey and to be a Christian, to be a believer, it's today. Because everything is opposite of the truth now. And if you don't stand for something, then you're going to fall for anything. Do you have boldness and courage to obey? Now notice this. 
You will lead them to the land that I'm giving them. You will lead these people to the promised land that I'm giving them. And he's saying this in verse 6 as we read this. Be strong. He's talking about his attitude. Be courageous. He's talking about his heart. And number three, you will lead them. He's talking about his vision. You know, in, in the words, be strong, courageous, what God wants to give you, he wants to give you now attitude towards him. He wants to give you a heart for him. But he wants to give you vision. You are going to lead them. Are you leading your family to the Lord? As a father, as a husband, as a mother? Are you leading those maybe if around you as a student, as a, as a worker, wherever God has you? Are you living a life that is strong and courageous? Now notice, why is God telling Joshua to be strong and courageous? Because Joshua needed to hear those words at that time. Joshua was afraid. Joshua was filled with doubt. Joshua maybe was discouraged now. He was doubting. He had questions. How am I to lead all these people into the promised land? And sometimes you wonder, how am I to do this if I step out? I have questions that are unanswered. How am I to lead my family, my kids? How am I to provide for them if God's calling me to do this as I'm to obey Him? And notice what He says, be strong and to be courageous. Why? Because Joshua was afraid now. But this is what God's called you to do, he's saying, Joshua. Because God is with you, you can be confident. Because God is with you, you can be confident. And your courage is going to be coming from your obedience to him. When you're obeying the Lord, your courage comes from there. Joshua, be strong and courageous, verse 6. Notice as he continues and he says this. You will lead them to the land inheritance where I swore to the fathers to give them. Verse 7, again, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe. Now the promise comes with the word of God. I love this, that the promises of God are always confirmed in the word of God. That steps of faith are always confirmed in the word of God. In fact, you cannot have steps of faith without the word of God confirming it. Oftentimes we get lost thinking that it's the voice of God, but it's never confirmed in the word of God. Do you have confirmation from the Word of God as to give you direction and confirmation to do what you're doing right now in life? In fact, ask yourself, why is it that I am doing what I'm doing right now? Is it aligned with Scripture? Because here he says, only be strong, only this. He repeats this encouragement and he says it as a command. It's more than an encouragement. This is an order now. (laughs) And he says it now, be strong only and very courageous that you may observe to do. I want you to be courageous so that you can obey. So that you can obey. Obey what? Obey the commandments that I've given you. You see, it takes courage to obey the voice of God. Especially in a dark world. In the world that we live in today, the world's going to tell us that obeying the word of God is not the way to live now. That truth is all relative. It's all subjective. And here we see that Joshua receives an order and a command here. Notice the command now, the calling, but this is the command. Be very courageous so that you can obey. When God gives you his word, you know what you need to ask and pray? Lord, with what you've given him, give me courage to obey. Oftentimes, we're so concerned whether or not we are going to offend someone that we don't obey, instead of saying, Lord, give me the strength to do what you have called me to do. Who do you want to please today? The Word of God or someone else? (laughs) And he says, be strong and courageous now, that you may observe now, so that you may know now the instructions, and be very careful now, That's what it means to observe, to be careful, to obey all the instructions according to the word of God or according to the commandments now, which Moses, my servant, commanded you. You must be careful to obey the word of God. What do we need in our lives if we are to live a life of strength and courage, the word of God? And oftentimes the reason why our our minds are filled with fear and of doubt, anger, frustration is because they're not filled with the word of God 
If you do not fill your mind with the word of God, the enemy will fill it with something else. The world will fill it with something else. Be careful to observe now the word of God that I have given to Moses now, the commandments. And be courageous to follow him. In fact, he says this in verse 7. Do not turn. <laughs> Don't turn right here from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper in whatever you do. <laughs> Now, oftentimes, we don't arrive to where God wants us to be because we turn to the left or to the right. And what he's saying here is observe the word of God. Don't deviate from it. Do not be distracted from it. Observe it. Be very careful now so that you are not distracted and you don't wander off in other ways. See, there's a lot of wandering instead of observing when it comes to the word of God. And maybe we started in the word of God, but we ended listening to someone else's word and someone else's voice. Be strong and very courageous to do one thing, to carefully observe the instructions that God has for you. You know why people deviate to the right or to the left here? And why is it that Joshua needed to receive this? Because oftentimes we look for victories in other ways outside of the word of God. We look to shortcuts that get us to the promises of God that always fail. There are no shortcuts to holiness, there are no shortcuts to the promises of God. Don't deviate to the right or to the left. Are you deviating today? Are you wandering right now? It is so sad to know that the route from Egypt into Canaan was a 10-day journey, and it took them 40 years. <laughs> Just imagine that, 40 years wandering in the wilderness because they didn't want to obey. You know why they wouldn't obey? Because they were complaining along the way. We're going to die in the wilderness. We don't have the water we used to have. And, and you know what it says? And the Bible tells us that they were ungrateful. You know what we see in our world today? A spirit in our generation that people are very ungrateful. It's sad to say, even in, in, in my own generation, to see that. That is so filled with, with arrogance, with pride, with selfishness. And every sentence it sounds like, it starts with the word I. <laughs> if you want to be able to experience the promises of God, you know, what, you know what you have to really do? Observe the word of God and not deviate from it. That's when people come with problems and they want prayer. You know what the first simple question is that I heard even from my own pastors? Is to just simply ask the question, how is your devotional life with the Lord? Because when something is off there, then everything else is going to be off in your life as well. <laughs> because how can you possibly say that you're listening to the voice of God or you're going the right direction if you're not in the Word of God now? Nothing else works Therefore, observe the word of God, or else you will be, notice this, lost. Lost. Christians that are lost, wandering in the wilderness, in the dryness of spiritual life, because they're not focusing on the word of God. And notice, when you focus on the word of God, verse 7, that you may prosper wherever you go. Wherever I'm taking you, guess what you're going to have? Blessing. There is blessing in obedience now. And you're going to prosper. Now, what does prosper mean? Does it mean success the way the world speaks of prospering? Does it, does it mean success in our own preconceived notion of idea or idea in our minds? I want to encourage you that, that whatever your preconceived notion or idea of success in your life looks like, put that aside and say, Lord, success now looks like faithfulness. Success now looks like obedience. Because oftentimes we're chasing something that we think it looks like success, but in reality it's really missing the mark and it's failure if you're out of the will of God. Is it really successful? Can you call it success if it's out of the will of God? Whatever is out of the will of God is failure. <laughs> because you're walking outside of God's plan for your life. And, and what he's saying here is, is observe so that you can be spiritually well wherever you go. Prosper means so that you can be spiritually well wherever you go. Now, where do you get that spiritual 
wellness that we need from obedience to the Word of God now. From dwelling in in the Word of God, but letting the Word of God dwell in you. From having the Word of God indwelt in your heart and in your life. See what he's saying here, Joshua, let the Word of God direct you, focus on it, obey it, but also he's going to tell them, apply it. Apply it now. This next verse. The application of the Word of God is important now. Because oftentimes, we live a life of spiritual defeat. We observe the Word of God, but we never apply it. And if you don't apply it, notice this, you will never grow. It's been said before, you have not really studied the Bible until you have applied the Bible. You need to put shoes on it, someone once said, and make it walk. (laughs) Does it walk in your life? Do you go to the Word of God and understand that this here, what you have in your hands right now, is the authority of your life? Or is something else the authority? Is the opinions of people the authority? Get back to the Bible, church. We want oftentimes the world to get back to the Bible. We need the church to get back to the Bible. So the church is listening from the Lord and saying this step of faith wherever I'm going is being confirmed by the word of God. Notice how he says to study or observe it here in the following verse. This book of the law now, the word of God now, how important is the word of God in your life? You should have not only a priority to it, but a commitment to it. No matter where you go, the word of God is there. Would you ever leave your house without your wallet? (laughs) Would you ever leave your house without your phone? You value your phone, you value your wallet. Why would you ever leave your house without the word of God? You need the word of God in your life. You need to start the day with the word of God, end the day with the word of God, so that that is your most important meeting of the day, the meeting that you have with God. Oftentimes we say, well, you know, I have a lot of meetings today. What about the meeting with God? Is that meeting still taking place in your life right now? Now notice what he says now. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Notice this. When it comes to your lips, notice it's how it continues. But you shall meditate in it day and night to your mind. And notice as he continues, this verse is heavy now, that you may observe, apply, to do now, according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Commitment continually to the Word of God. You see, it's important, as it was said even earlier this morning, that we are a Bible-teaching church, that we are a church that is expositionally teaching the Word of God chapter by chapter and verse by verse. But expositional teaching can only go so far if there's not expositional reading at home. (laughs) Are you expositionally reading the Word of God verse by verse, and chapter by chapter, so that you can gain an understanding and follow the Word of God and the will of God. Do you know the will of God? You know, that's the number one question that people ask all the time. What is God's will? And they try everything until they try to find God's will. No, you don't have to do that. (laughs) You can go to the will of God and obey what He has said. Notice how He says in verse 8, This book of the law shall not depart, become a student of it, Let it direct you, let it lead you, and meditate on it day and night. Now, the word meditate, it means to contemplate, yes. It means to focus day and night, yes. It means to memorize the Word of God, yes, now. In order to apply the truth in your life. Meditate doesn't only mean that you memorize it. It means that you're ready to apply that truth into your life. This is exactly why you should receive the Word of God as if it's personally just for you. Apply it in your life. Memorize it, but be ready to apply and obey that truth in your life. You know why a lot of times we don't even memorize the Word of God anymore? I remember growing up in in the church, and it was all about memorizing Scripture. (laughs) Even today, we don't like to memorize Scripture anymore. You want to know why? Because we're always distracted with our phones. It is so sad. I don't need to memorize scripture. I don't need to hide it in my heart because I have it in my pocket. (laughs) 
What did the psalmist said? I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And you know what the problem is? People don't know the word of God. You have to know the word of God. I have hidden your word in my heart so that what? I will not sin against you. When you memorize it, when you meditate in it day and night, it's going to go from your lips to your mind to your actions. Lips, mind, and actions. And then, notice then, there's a guaranteed promise in this verse now. That you may observe. Only then you can obey all that is written in it and be successful in all that you do. Successful in everything. (laughs) Not in some things. You will have success and a blessing in everything you do because you're obeying the word of God and you're staying on the straight and narrow path. You're not deviating. You're not going into something else, something strange, something outside of God's plan now. So what was it here? It was God's word and it was Joshua's commitment to God's word that would be the supporting pillars to the blessing in his life. It was God's word and Joshua's commitment to God's word that would be the supporting pillars of blessing in his life. What is it that you need? You need God's word and your commitment to God's word that would be the supporting pillars that will give you strength and foundation in your life so that you're not shaken. Why? Because you have God's word and you're committed there. You see, people lack foundation. They, they lack being a pillar in this world. We need to be pillars in this world today. But if you want to be a pillar in your life, in your marriage, in your home, in your family, even at church here and in, in, in the community, in the world, you want to be a pillar, you need to be a man and woman of integrity, a man and woman of the word of God. Not a person of duplicity. Of duplicity. You know what duplicity means? That I want to enter the promised land, but I also like the things of Egypt. (laughs) Now notice as it goes on in verse 8, and he tells him this, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. He tells him one more time in verse 9, the third time, have I not commanded you? (laughs) Have I not commanded you? Didn't I already tell you (laughs) to trust me, to believe me, This is not a suggestion. This is more than an encouragement. This is in order, notice this, to be bold and be a fearless leader now. Do you know that when you're living in fear because of the circumstances of this world? I want you to know this. Please listen, church, right now. Because when you're living in fear, you know what you're living in? You're also living in disobedience. Because you're letting the enemy into your mind. And you're letting the world control your minds. And this is exactly why he continues to tell them, do not live in fear. There are too many people today that are living in fear of what the world is saying now. And you know what they do? They never experience the promises of God. Now let's go on and it says here, have I not command you, be strong and good courage. Do not, what does it say? Do not be afraid. Now we're going to read this and I want you to with me say, do not be afraid. (laughs) Be strong and and of good courage, together, do not be afraid. Can we say that again? Be strong and of good courage, together, do not be afraid. This is what the church needs to hear today. Stop being so scared. We're training our kids to be scared today. I had a a blessed time to get away with my family, even this week, and, you know, seeing my son try to interact with other kids, and seeing how parents in our culture are training their kids to live in fear, it's, it's the saddest thing ever. Because that's not God's intention. And we could not be raising our family and our children, especially in the church, especially in the church. I'm going to tell you this. If you're a parent, do not train your kids to live in fear. Don't hold them back. Raise up the Joshuas that need to be risen up today. Raise up the Daniels. People that are fearless, that are willing to go into the lion's den. And oftentimes as a parent, you know what you can do because you love them. I'm not going to let them out because I don't want them to end up in the lion's den. 
I don't want them to end up in the fiery furnace. What does it say right here? Do not be afraid. You know what Joshua is about to face? He's about to face some giants. <laughs> the, saints, the sons of Anak were in Canaan. The literal sons of Anak. These were giants. And he was about to fight giants. Now, notice what it says here. I want you to be a, a bold and fearless leader. Verse 9, do not be afraid or dismayed. Don't be afraid and don't be discouraged now. Those two things will keep you away from being strong and courageous. Fear and discouragement now. What's the key here to overcome fear and discouragement? Obedience to the word of God and to the presence of God. Notice this. Because God's enablements or God's commandments are also God's enablements. God will never call you to do something he hasn't already enabled you to do. You can be strong and courageous. Listen to this. For the Lord your God, verse 9, is with you wherever you go. God's commandments are also God's enablements. I have the promise of the presence of God. And because of that, I'm walking in confidence that God is with me and that God will provide. I'm walking in confidence. I'm walking standing on truth that God is with me and that God will provide. What are you standing on today? Are you standing on truth now? Are you standing on truth? Because living in confidence, you know what it means? It means living in the will of God. It means living in the word of God now. And the consequences of living outside of that, the consequences of that is that your life is consistently filled with fear and discouragement. You know, there's no greater joy than to be walking in faith. What happens when you're walking in faith? You're walking in the freedom of saying, Lord, I know that where I am going, you are leading me. And I know you're leading me because I'm following your direction. I know you're leading me because I'm a man and woman under authority. Under authority. What does that mean, under authority? I am submitted to the word of God. I'm under authority. I'm not meditating on fear and discouragement. I'm meditating on the word of God day and night. Somebody one time asked me, well, should I read the Bible in the morning or at night? Well, the Bible says day and night, so both. <laughs> day and night. So that what? You can meditate it. You can observe. But also you can apply. This is how a life of faith is, is lived. This is how you, as a Christian can overcome, face and overcome the giants in your life. Because there are going to be giants in the promised land. There are going to be giants that you're going to have to overcome. There are going to be giants that you're going to have to defeat. But that only happens as you're trusting in the promises of God. Today, church, we need to get back to the Bible. The Bible, the beautiful Word of God. There's nothing greater than the Word of God. We need to get alone with the Bible and alone with God. So where you pray and you get answers. You see, the world wants to speak to us. The world wants to tell us. It wants to share. It wants to say. But we need is to be like Joshua. And the Lord spoke to Joshua. <laughs> so that you can go home tonight and the Lord would speak to you because you spend time in the Word of God. And you would say, I'm going to open up the word of God. And I'm not going to leave God until you speak to me. Oftentimes, we, we go to the Bible like it's a duty. <laughs> like it's a checklist. It's not that. It's you receiving strength and nourishment for your soul. It's you being filled with the right things in life. What good is it if you had everything or you got everything you think you needed or you think you wanted, but you missed the mark? We ought not to be living our lives for material things. Because it takes a spiritual person, a spiritual man and woman, it takes a spiritual man and woman to have a mind that is focused on the Lord. A mind that is focused on the Word of God. To know this, when you look around our world to know this, Jesus is coming soon, church. And I would be, I would be, I would fail as a shepherd if I didn't tell you that. There are too many times that we aspire for temporal things and we forget one thing. Jesus is coming back. 
And if he comes back right now, if he comes back tonight, all the things we worry about wouldn't even matter. <laughs> because he's coming back. Are you living like he's coming back? Are you ready for him to come back? Or are you holding on to things? We have to be so discerning of the voice of God that when that trumpet sounds, we hear that trumpet sound and we say, Lord, take us home. We're ready to go home. <laughs> We're ready. Can you put your hands together? Yeah, and clap for that. There's somebody. One person is ready to hear that trumpet sound right here. <laughs> We're all should be ready to hear that trumpet sound. Lord, I'm ready. I don't need to wait for that one thing I needed in life and fulfill, fulfill my pleasure. You're enough for me. Somebody once I asked, well, when is enough enough? It is enough already because I have Christ. When is enough? It is. It's enough right now because I have the Bible. <laughs> it's enough right now because we have Jesus. Can we stand together? Lord, we have you, Lord. We have your word. We want to be men and women that are under authority. Lord, we no longer want to live in the compromise of the flesh. Everything that held us back in the wilderness, we need to let go of it if we're going to step into the promises of God. Everything that has been holding us back, the sin, the compromise, the fear, the discouragement, we need to let that go so we can go to the next place of the promises of God, to a victorious Christian life. And maybe today you need to let go of that, whether it's fear, discouragement, or even sin and compromise that is keeping you in the wilderness instead of in the promised land that God has for you. If that is you, that you need to let go of that. Raise your hand right now because I want to pray for you. I see your hand. Praise God, I see your hand. I see your hand. All of that. Amen. There's so many people today that need that. All of us. Lord, Heavenly Father, we come right now because we need you, Jesus. We no longer want to live in bondage, in bondage to what, you, what the world says. We want to live strong and courageous. That's the testimony of the Christian. That's the DNA of the Christian. That's the resume of the Christian. Strong, courageous. That is our calling, God. That is our commandment. We are to be deployed right now after the service in duty and service as an army, a battalion of soldiers that are strong and courageous, that are not acquiescing to what the world says, to the standard of the flesh. We no longer give the flesh or the standard of the flesh room in our lives. We no longer give it authority over us, God. We rebuke it in the name of Jesus. We want to trust and to obey. We want to be strong. We want to be people of boldness, of courage, that speak out truth, that are not concerned of who we will offend. Because we only want to please you, God. We don't want to be weak, watered-down Christians. Give us the strength that we need in Jesus' name. And together we said, Amen.